0: This is Vignetto, a podcast. From the sun and soil they grow, from the land and sea they roam, drinking wine in the great unknown. Hi, this is Susanna Gold, and welcome to the Vigneto podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Just a few things about me before we get started. I'm a wine educator, brand ambassador, writer, and marketer with a keen interest in both new and old world wines. My websites are vignettacommunications.com and susannagold.com. And of course, I also have a wine blog, avinare.com. While I love wine from all across the world, both the new world and the old world, my heart lies in Italy, where I lived for 15 years. And while I do consider myself a wine geek, I love to look at wine from all aspects, not just the super niche ones. One of the things I want to do with this podcast is delve into the many facets of the wine world, looking at it from multiple points of view. The podcast will have different series, and for the next 10 weeks, I will be discussing the topic of sustainability with my friend and fellow wine lover, wine geek, and wine
1: expert, Sunny Gandara. Hi everyone, I'm Sunny and I've worked in multiple facets in the wine industry over the past 15 years or so. Currently, I'm the US brand director for Cuercia an Italian winery located in Tuscany and my specialty is in vegan and organic wines. I'm also a trained chef and food and wine blogger on the side where my focus is on pairing wines with plant-based dishes. The world of plants is enormous, exciting and delicious and I want everyone to discover the gastronomic pleasures of being vegan.
0: Well, during the next nine weeks, we will have guests on the show. We thought it would be good to talk about what we see fitting under the large umbrella of sustainability. It's such a buzzword that it seems like a good idea for people to know what we are actually referring to when we speak about it. I always think it's good to start with a definition. Some of the ones I've found are sustainability, the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level or the avoidance of the depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance. According to the UN World Commission on Environment and Development, sustainable development is development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. I particularly like this second definition because it brings in the idea of future generations. We are caretakers of this planet for our children and their children and all the people who will inhabit the land. While we see the word sustainability everywhere, when talking about agriculture on the wine industry, specifically, it usually refers to a few areas, soil, air, and water to start. A good place to start thinking about is the soils. What a healthy plant needs, of course, is healthy soil to grow in, among other primary needs. To keep the soils healthy, this means not polluting them with chemicals. Taking it a step further means not only not to deplete soils, but to enrich them. In the wine industry, this has come to mean enriching the soils through techniques such as grassing between the rows, through using crops that can be Uh, bring organic materials back into the soils. It can mean seeding of the soils with certain kinds of worms to help maintain healthy soils. It also means to aerate the soils by turning them over and oxygenating them. Maybe this is where we also would talk about things like pollinator stations that help increase bee populations on a vineyard or raptor nests over vineyards that bring these species to the area and give them a place to rest or owls in the vineyard. Also here, we should probably also mention the use of manure. What kind of manure and is it trucked in and how is it added? In the past, when I was first learning about the wine industry and viticultural practices, everyone used to talk about the bordelaise mixture, just copper and sulfur. In the past 15 years, though, the talk of how much copper goes into the soil and the damage that that does has also come up quite often. I think like every other part of the industry, things are evolving and being looked at in a new light. Sunny, do you agree that soils are one of the main pillars of where we should start?
1: Absolutely. Um, When talking about sustainability and winemaking, I think that the soil is the foundation of everything as it all starts there, like you just (laughs) mentioned, right? So um, I have a lot of things to say about how even organic farmers can be more sustainable when it comes to what we feed the soil in order to create the best environment for the vines and for any other agricultural products uh, they might be growing. Sometimes manure, uh, in my opinion, isn't the best choice when it comes from factory farms. And as we all know, those animals are laden with antibiotics and hormones and other illnesses, which obviously will be transported through their manure and into the soil and the vines and eventually the grapes and your wine. So that said, the whole idea of being sustainable should be to create uh, biodiversity in the vineyards and encouraging a polycultural environment, which means farming with nature versus just taking from it and not thinking about the future generations. If you want to be sustainable, you can't just think of the present, but more importantly, uh, be concerned with how we leave this planet for our next generation.
0: I absolutely love that you immediately bring up biodiversity. Clearly, you see how healthy the soils are when you look at a property, uh, you know, one property compared to another. I'm always amazed at the insects I see flying around, say, on an organic vineyard. I'm not saying that this is the only reason that I've noticed more insects on these type of Uh, vineyards, but I I definitely think it's one of them. If soils are one of the pillars that we're going to talk about, I'm sure we will um, be speaking about this with our different guests. Air quality is another. To me, uh, what we put into the air uh, will include things like energy emissions in the vineyard and in the cellar, as well as the carbon footprint created from all sources, be it the transportation of the glass bottles to packaging and shipping too.
1: What's your view? Yes, and this could include replacing fuel-run tractors, for instance, with electric vehicles if you're using these methods and combining passes in the field to reduce CO2 emissions, uh, etc. You make
0: a great point about electric vehicles in the vineyards. Honestly, I hadn't thought about that, and I have never
1: actually seen that, nor have I heard too much talk about that yet. Have you? I think it's still very new for wineries, Um, maybe just a few years, I could be wrong, but um, I haven't seen it personally, but I heard talks about wineries in California, considering starting to use it as a continued way to uh, finding alternatives to fossil fuel. And besides being more climate friendly, electric tractors uh, can also be more efficient than conventional models. But I know there is a huge issue and, and discussion about a need for improved battery technology. Um, Not just for wineries, of course, but electric vehicles in general. And then, of course, there's a cost to consider, uh, which is a big reason many farmers probably are hesitant to make any big changes that will require more capital, especially if they're working with uh, very slim margins.
0: Clearly, slim margins are a problem in farming, and that has to be factored into all of these discussions. And in terms of how producers work in the fields, I know that some of the producers who strictly follow, let's say, biodynamics... Will use a horse or a cow to plow their fields. I'm not sure how many producers globally still farm this way or how realistic that is.
1: Do you have any idea? They're out there but yes I think in fewer numbers now today as vineyards you know we'll also have to consider the need for the space, accommodation and time to keep and tend to the live animals not to mention the added cost of that too I know, for instance, Roeder, the champagne house, uses horses in their fields um, as they're 100% biodynamic, and the famous Spanish sparkling wine producer, Recaredo uses it. Um, at Quechabella, where I work, and which is a strictly vegan winery, uh, but also biodynamic, something we call plant-based biodynamic, uh, we don't believe in using animals to do any work for us whatsoever. And the idea is that the need for animals will stimulate more breeding, which in turn will encourage factory farming, which we all know, of course, is very harmful to the environment. But there are, of course, many opinions about that, even within the plant-based world. That's a really uh, interesting
0: take on this topic. I hope we will have a chance to discuss that piece of it um, more in another episode. Um, for the moment, I'm just thinking more about uh, energy emissions in terms of uh, what I've seen from the producers that I've spoken with in the past three to five years. They've often told me they have their own photovoltaic systems that produce nearly all their energy needs. They've also told me about the use of cuttings and pumice as part of the biomass that goes into their heating and cooling systems. Have you been involved in other discussions about uh, the use of energy efficiencies in the vineyards?
1: I think all of these inventive recycling methods are uh, super interesting and fascinating, especially as it comes to refrigeration and cooling systems, as you mentioned, which seems to be the number one area where wineries can improve. Many might overuse them or keep it colder than necessary, requiring more power. I know there are a lot of discussions with regards to this, including pumping and compressors and so forth. But I'd love to discuss this topic in more detail, perhaps uh, maybe with an upcoming special guest in our 10 week series on sustainability. Stay tuned.
0: Well, that is an awesome segue. Um Vigneto Communications is a boutique communications consultancy. We help you to develop your content and communication strategy to meet your unique goals. We can also help you to find resources to grow your business, be it distributors, importers, or brand ambassadors. Look for us at vignetocommunications.com or on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We want to help you grow your brand. Getting back to our discussion about sustainability also always includes how water is used or misused. But before we discuss water, I know you have some qualms about the use of the word sustainability in general. So maybe now is a good time to discuss that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the problem I sometimes have with the word sustainable is that it's not really regulated. And today everyone seems to be using the term and it's become sort of a trendy word. There are some certifications out there, but they're pretty vague still, and, and they're sort of specific to certain regions. And since there are no regulations, everyone can claim to be sustainable while just doing the minimum required without appearing to be, quote unquote, bad or greedy. Right. Um, it sometimes feel like feels like people are calling themselves sustainable to feel better while still wanting to keep up with the same old practices, but um, taking all the factors you just mentioned from properly minding the soil's health to farming, recycling, materials you use for packaging, eliminating spraying, et cetera, it demands a lot of work and extreme attention to every detail which I find you know a lot of people aren't 100% willing to commit to or to make the necessary changes but on the other side to be positive as well <laughs> I do see people concerned with the environment I see, I see an increased interest um, concern about it and um, the scope of sustainability of course and, and what it should include so I'm not saying it's all bad It's it's definitely a start.
0: I I understand. And I agree with what what you've just said and how you look at the use of the word sustainability. But since it's such a big topic and it's a word that is very often used today, I am going to go with using it as an umbrella term. Maybe over the next 10 weeks, we'll find a term we all like better that encompasses all the various elements that we're talking about. So let's get back for a minute to talk about the use of water in the vineyards and in the cellar. As we know, water is a scarce resource the world over. I'm always interested to know how wineries use water, be it wastewater, rainwater, water to clean the cellar. How do they have access to an aquifer and what happens when they irrigate? Many producers talk about dry farming a lot as well. So much to talk about in absolutely every direction. Just a note about dry farming, um, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, dry farming can also be called dry land farming, and it's the cultivation of crops without irrigation in regions of limited moisture. So typically that's less than 20 inches or 50 centimeters of precipitation annually. Dry farming depends upon efficient storage of the limited moisture in the soil and the selection of crops and growing methods that make the best use of this moisture. Do you also find people using the term dry dry farming much more than in the past, as well as regenerative agriculture?
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, for me, especially regenerative agriculture has come up so frequently, even just this past year. And I I love the idea of what that stands for, um, that it's not just about farming with nature, but it's also about improving it and leaving it in a better place than we found it. Um, An increased interest in in, and knowledge about how we all need to work together, right? So that includes wildlife, animals, humans, and nature. So if we are to succeed in keeping our land and planet healthy and happy, uh, we need to consider all these elements, obviously. But I hope more people will start to become committed to being stewards of their land instead of owners. Are you interested in learning more about vegan wines and how to successfully pair your favorite wines with plant-based meals? Check out Sunny's virtual on-demand class offerings listed on our website, SunnyGandera.com, which includes a variety of selections from cooking classes to wine tastings. Participants will receive downloadable PDFs, which include recipes, list of wines, and key takeaways from the class. Sign up for Sunny's newsletter at SunnyGandera.com, and you'll be the first to know about new classes, recipes, and other exciting happenings around plant-based food and wine.
0: An amazing amount of information and practices that fit under this sustainability umbrella. One of the remaining pillars that I hope we will be discussing with a guest is how the winery interacts with the local environment. Does the winery enhance the surrounding community and help build a sustainable future, not just for themselves, but also for their neighbors? I have also seen this included under the rubric of social responsibility rather than sustainability. I often find that that's a missing piece when talking with a winery, let's say, about their certifications, although some of these certifications require also this economic and social component. What do you think about this part of it, Sunny? I know you're very conscious of the environment from being a vegan to every
1: aspect of agriculture. Yeah, sustainability has to include concern and respect for people, which include the winery's neighbors, as you mentioned, but also their hiring policies to embrace diversity, hiring people of color, women, people of all ages, um, you know, being concerned with employee benefits and, of course, how you treat your employees in general. Uh, when it comes to the local environment, uh, social sustainability and community, I want to mention an example. At Quechabella, we are in the process of reviving this old building in the town of Greve that was falling apart. And we're going to turn it into a new building that will make from all recyclable materials and that'll be powered by solar panels. And um, we're focused on giving back to the community by helping create business in the town as well as making sure we do it in a sustainable way. Um, and I know the people of Greve were quite happy and grateful that we turned this, shall I say, ugly building into <laughs> one that's going to uh, look a little bit nicer, especially as you drive into town. It's like right at the entrance when you drive in. So it's it's downtown while we're more up in the hills. But um, that being said, my definition of sustainability uh, probably differ vastly from everyone else being vegan and um, I see I really don't see any way to be thoroughly sustainable as long as we use and eat animals um, with all the research you know there are kinder options available to us even if you just want to reduce your consumption of animals right and um, there's a lot of kinder options like I said and health issues that people experience from animal products um, I think it's not difficult to be mindful of these things and to try to reduce our consumption so in essence sustainability should be and mean to do no harm or even more correctly to do as little harm as possible because I think it's impossible to be perfect, right? But um, this happens to be exactly what veganism means as well.
0: As you know, I am not vegan. I've tried at various points of my life to be vegan or vegetarian and have generally felt much better when I've had a plant-based diet. I always have more energy. But I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest, that I looked at it through from the animal's point of view rather than from my own. But now that I have a child, I look at the whole planet differently as I pray for him to be able to see and enjoy the beauty of our world the way I always have, which includes seeing a huge range of animals. When I speak with producers, some speak of the animals that are raised on their vineyards or that their families have on their farms, but often this part of the equation gets lost. I have spoken to some who do ban hunting on their vineyards. Um, On the other hand, I've also spoken to producers who complain, let's say in Tuscany, about the explosion of the wild boar population, the cinghiale. Aside from the world of Cochabella, has it been your experience that many producers are vegan and are attentive to animals?
1: Yeah, just as you were talking, that actually reminds me of the argument hunters make here in the US that if they don't hunt and kill The deer, the deer population will take over, which I think is pretty ridiculous because we have to give more credit to Mother Nature, who has an excellent ability to adjust and take care of herself without the intervention of us brilliant human beings. Right. I mean, I think we can all agree that humans do more harm on the planet than good sometimes. And I keep bringing up Questabella as an example, but on our property, you know, of course we have both Chingiale and deer on our properties, but we look, we don't look at them as a problem. Uh, we look at them. They're part of our world. They're part of the biodiversity and the beautiful nature we want to live in. And if they want to eat a few of our berries, so be it. We just uh, sort of say, Hey, they probably coming to eat our bears because they taste better than our neighbors who <laughs> may be spraying. Right. <laughs> but, uh, point being is, you know, if we're not suffering as a result yes it you could look at them as a problem if you want to but i think that it just really um again it's like being sustainable doesn't mean killing things around you if they they do what they're supposed to do so to answer your question i i don't see many true vegan wine producers i know there are some out there but the majority will certify their the winery as vegan to be able to get access to that um, market share of course in that consumer segment i think but um there's still largely a belief that animals are here to serve us, um, and that's the result of our conditioned beliefs and upbringing, I think we've all uh, been, been sort of subjected to. So I think we still have some ways to go, but we're getting there.
0: I'll include myself in that group of people. I have more work to do getting to be vegetarian, but I am moving in that direction. I think the pandemic will also cause many people to look at their health and what they eat and what we put into our bodies in a new light as well. So if we look at this range of topics, soils, air, water, animals, and the larger community, it's a lot to cover. I just need to also include, though, the packaging conversation, since so much of what needs to be recycled is packaging, be it bottles, paper, cardboard, or styrofoam. It always makes me crazy when a producer is organic or brings in organic grapes, but their 750 bottle weighs five pounds and they ship it in styrofoam. It's hard to be completely integrated on every level, but it would be good to look at the picture holistically. It's somewhat like cleaning a house, except under the bed or in the closets where everything is pushed away. Yes, on the surface, it looks clean, sh- clean and shiny, but the real work remains to be done.
1: What's your view? I completely agree with you. I mean, like you said, we can't all be perfect all the time, but it's good to bring these points up so we can do better every day and bring awareness to different aspects of winemaking and farming. I I see more producers becoming more aware of their bottle choices now and trying to switch over to lighter glass and also not just thinking about weight, but what type of glass is used. So glass from some sources can contain toxins and even lead, actually. So there's, there's also that. Um, Funnily enough, in Norway, where I'm from, there's a lot of wine in bags or boxes, like three liters, and they're very popular and more environmentally friendly in many ways. Um, And I wish there were more options um, for eco-friendly packaging uh, companies when it comes to shipping wine. I'm always looking for them, for Cochabella and shipping wines around uh, the country here. And I would love to learn more about where, if anywhere, they are. So please let us know.
0: <laughs> yes, that's a great topic. I, we, we need to find a guest to talk about that. Um, just before we went on today, I actually read about how some producers are crushing bottles on their property and using the sand that is created from the crushing of their bottles under picnic tables and or in parking lots. So many new things are happening, and it's an exciting time to be looking at these topics the last topic I would love to touch on in this series is certification and claims made on labels. Every country is different, but there are standards that are uh, universally agreed upon, and it's, it would be good to know which ones really matter. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, talks a lot about greenwashing on their website, and I fear a lot of that goes on. By greenwashing, they mean people putting claims on their products that they are environmentally uh, friendly or healthy. I also think though that consumers are getting more savvy and demanding and want to know more about information about everything they consume.
1: Do you have a view? Oh, I, I do. <laughs> I have so much to say on this topic. I think we'll we'll need another hour or two, but I do find a big problem with many certifications and conflicts of interest. You even see that in the food world and with environmental organizations. I'd highly recommend watching the documentary Sea Spiracy that just came out that touches on that. But um what I find so interesting is that, you know, while people are demanding, as you said, to know what they're putting in their bodies in terms of food, they often don't consider what they're drinking if they're opening a bottle of wine. And because most people probably think that wine is just grapes and yeast, and that's it. But I, I do believe we have a right to know what we're ingesting, and then we can all make an individual choice as to whether or not we want to consume it. Right. So I do see more transparency, and even a few wine producers who have started putting ingredients on their label, which which I think is great. But it's still, you know, few and far in between, of course.
0: Wow. If we break down each of these components, we will have a lot to talk about over the coming weeks. Sustainability, in my view, means looking outside one's own garden to see the impact of a winery on the surrounding neighborhood and the community at large. And so in our discussions, I hope we also begin to talk about labor rights in all ways and diversity and inclusion.
1: To discuss, and I would love to hear some of the listeners' ideas and comments as well. And um, I hope everyone will join us on this journey.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today to start our sustainability series. It's Earth Month, and I hope every month will be Earth Month going forward. I'm Susanna Gold, and I'm here with Sunny Gandara, and we are speaking about sustainability in the wine industry. This 10-week series has just begun. This is a weekly podcast. For the next 10 weeks, we will cover the topic of sustainability. Our guest next week is Jenny Lefcourt, owner of Jenny & Francois, a natural wine importer responsible for bringing natural wine to the fore and elevating our understanding of what these wines are and who makes them. We look forward to talking with Jenny and getting her views on this large topic. Tune in next week, Thursday at 3 p.m., wherever you get your podcasts. This is Vigneto, a podcast. From the sun and soil they grow From the land and sea they roam drinking wine in the great